When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It is Friday, September 9th, and if you were just watching CNBC, you saw Senator Rick Scott get completely embarrassed. Um, he was on there pounding sand about how uh, they shouldn't hire uh, IRS agents and that IRS agents are coming after the American people. And essentially, uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin put him in his place. It was kind of interesting. He said, hey, if you're for border agents, if you're for funding the police, if you're for law and order, why are you not for collecting taxes that are due? And, and Scott said, I absolutely am. I just think, you know, harassing the American people. And he said, well, all the reports say that, that there's billions of dollars in uncollected taxes. Uh, why are you for that? And, and Rick Scott said, well, I didn't want them coming after the people under 400000 and I had an amendment. Well, FYI, uh, I make under $400,000 a year. If that amendment that you can't uh, audit people under $400,000 a year, would, would I be as honest? You know, that, that questionable write-off that you have. Uh, would it make sense for somebody who makes less than $400,000 to say, mm, you know what, I don't want an audit, so I'm not going to take that $400,000, that, that $20,000 write-off uh, of uh, technology that, that I purchased that might not be business sense. Um, you know, again, that amendment said, hey, if you make under $400,000, don't fear an audit, so pay us whatever you think you owe. Um, you know, it, it, it's just, you know, it, whichever side you're on. And, and then the, the question was, well, if you're funding uh, IRS agents, why are you not funding the border agents? Well, you know, listen, the border agents don't bring money in. They, they cost money. Uh, I, I, you know, it, it, whatever you want, whichever side you're on, there's always picks, you know, choices that you make about what, you, what, what hill you're willing to die on. Um, and I hate these politicians that come on and just bash the other side. And Rick Scott is one of them. He has done nothing to work across the aisle. Absolutely nothing. And, and, and the middle part of, of politics in this country is what built this country. There's a great, I admit, I'll look it up, 60 Minutes did a great, um, uh, a great look. And it, it, it's aged. It's probably 10 years old at this point. But it was, hey, um, during the great portions of this country, it was the middle crossing party lines and voting across party lines. Um, as much as 50, 60 percent of uh, you know, one party would regularly cross party lines. Today, you don't see anything crossing party lines. That's why I, I commend um, Joe Manchin. Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of him. Um, John McCain cross party lines and you know what believe it or not you people who hate joe biden joe biden crossed party lines i'm not a big biden fan right now because i do think that <clears throat> um some of the decisions he's made have been questionable um and, and and 
you know, seeing his age is, is, is an issue with me. But again, I, I, the choice was clear to me. Um, you know, but Republicans put up a better candidate, that, a, a less divisive candidate, someone who will cross party lines. That's why Biden got, got voted in is because he's willing to cross party lines throughout his career. Now, he's kind of dug in his heels, so I'm not a huge fan of his now, but um, I, I understand the student debt was not a great, a great thing in my mind, but he had to do that in order to get the Inflation Act passed. They'll never come out and say that, but he had to appease the, the extreme left in order to get their votes. Uh, but this isn't a political show. But I, 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 it was interesting watching Squawk Box. And again, Squawk Box, in my mind, they've got um, Joe Kernan and they've got Andrew Ross Sorkin and Becky is somewhere in the middle. So uh, yesterday, Scott Minard, who is a legendary investor, uh, also a legendary bear, um, he thinks the markets have a 20% drop down by mid-October. He actually put this in a tweet. And if you want to go to Twitter, look up Scott Minard, and you can see his tweet. He believes that there is a 20% drop down from here by mid-October. His issue is the elevated inflation, uh, I'm sorry, elevated valuation because of earnings. Uh, it will not be sustained. His tweet is for the trailing P.E., not forward PE, trailing PE. He doesn't see earnings picking up. So again, um, when, when kind of investors do this, they value the earnings based on the S&P. They take the S&P 500 and they take the earnings from all 500 companies and they add it up in the price per share. And then they times that in order to come up with a value. And if you see values, um, earnings coming down, you've got to bring down your, you know, again, it's all calculation. So it's all, all um, uh, about, you know, what the earnings are. So that, that's kind of the way they do it. And it's just a top level. Uh, he shocked kind of a lot of people. The markets were up yesterday, ironically. Um, let me see, does, does Active Trader Pro still have it? Um, no, they, they don't have it kind of where it's at. But uh, again, markets were up. TQQQ, I think, was the most active. Um, your day range yesterday was 26 to 28. So you had 10% in that, in that move. Um, but it was, it, it, you know, again, I, I think you're seeing, if we look at, I'm going to go and look at the chart on SPY. Um, you're going to see, look, we were oversold. You were oversold here. Now, what's interesting is SPY yesterday had a MACD cross-up and a price at $399. Uh, there is a gap up here. You could be going back up to the 4000 Again, I don't want to say you will. Because I don't know that that's getting filled this time. This is an oversold market. That MACD happened and the RSI is already at 47. Do I think that it's going up here where it was August 16th? Um, let's look at a daily just so I can show you. The four hour reacts quicker. Um, the RSI on the daily is at 45. So you are still semi uh, over, uh, oversold. But look at that MACD. It hasn't crossed up yet on the daily. Uh, again, we look at MACD as, as kind of our leading indicator. It's the number one that I look at to see, okay, has the market changed direction? The MACD is about to cross up that, that uh, strike line. And if the MACD crosses on that strike line, then you have a bearish, si a bullish signal, I should say. Um, let's pull this uh, volume indicator back to the 
Uh, we'll go back to January since that was the high. Um, you can clearly see that 390, and people talk about um, 3900 being a uh, floor on the uh, S&P, and that's why. Look at that volume level. People have just gotten down there. Now, if you go down to the June lows, you really don't have a volume level that, that's sustainable there. Um, you do have some volume shelf here at 380. Uh, and again, we're looking at SPY, times it by 10, and that's how you get the S&P. Um, but I, I think it's just an oversold bounce again. And, and we talked about, I, I talked about this for, for ages, trading in this range. Um, I do think that we're trading in this range. Now, if for some reason Scott Minard is correct, and we have a crazy 20% pullback uh, between now and the middle of October, that is going to be an enormous Uvixi uh, catalyst. Uvixi, you got out yesterday on the four-hour chart. Again, I don't typically trade this on a swing basis. This is a daily trade. But Uvixi, uh, in on August 16th at 8.96, you're out yesterday, which means indicates that we may be in for a decent rally here. It's a Friday. I know I hate shifting you guys into any quote-unquote trades on a Friday because you don't want to hold over the weekend. Say Putin, for instance, you know, cuts off grain exports uh, and, and cuts off uh, oil exports over the weekend. He might do it over the weekend because he wants to crash the market on a Monday. Um, it, it, it's highly likely. So I, I wouldn't necessarily buy anything unless, and I put this unless, you're buying uh, a significant company that you want to hold. And one of those that I noticed uh, is Google. It's still so cheap. And remember, G-O-O-G is the one that you want to buy because that's where uh, they do the buybacks. And you had yesterday, yesterday morning, a cross-up at 109. Uh, you're trading at 109.41. Let's see where G-O-O-G-L 109.71. They kind of trade in the same realm, but um, you know, GOOG has outperformed by one percent the last time that I looked at it. You got some gaps up here that haven't been covered. Uh, this one covered this bottom gap. So this way down, you covered this bottom gap. Uh, that one has been covered. So I would again. I think at some point we might go down further, so you might see a 105 or something. But on a Friday when you're up. Uh, Google is up 1% in pre-market. I would say, hey, you probably have your chance. Their catalyst is October 25th. Uh, you had a MACD cross-up. Your RSI is at 41. Um, and, and you go over here, go to Finvis. We're going to check out, again, PE. Remember, the traditional PE on the, the uh, S&P is 17. So anything below 17 is considered value and kind of stable doesn't grow, just provides you solid earnings, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Google is at 18, and their forward PE, which is measured against forward earnings, is 16. Now, here's the caveat. Remember, if earnings need to come down, um, you need to understand that that forward PE will come down. So if Google comes out and said, hey, we saw an sl uh, ad slowdown, boom, you're going to see that. Now, remember here, too, Look at the chart on Vin Finviz. If you go to finviz.com and type in G-O-O-G, you'll see, and I'm looking at G-O-O-G, multiple bottom. 
that's usually a pretty good sign of where the, the bottom is at 104. Are you upset if you buy 10 shares at 104 versus 109? It's a couple hundred bucks, but I bet five years from now when you've, you've made, you know, five, six, ten thousand dollars $10,000, however big the lot that you want to buy is, you're not even going to notice that. So again, remember on a Friday, you don't necessarily want to buy trades. You want to buy ones that you want to, uh, you don't mind holding on to. And the reason why I, I bring up Google is Snap has been on a crazy tear ever since they, uh, they brought up that they, um, they wanted to increase uh, the advertising um, going forward. So the, they, they kind of said, hey, going forward, we're going to see an increase. And you look at the last um, run, August 3rd, you bought in at 992. You got out with an 8% gain, but that you could have gotten a significantly higher gain by selling in the 12s right before that. You see that button hook. Now, uh, September 2nd or September 1st, there was a buy-in at 1119. You're at 1254. It's a huge run-up. Again, that's a big run-up in a, a company that has said, hey, we've seen a slowdown. Now, Pinterest is another one. Look at this run-up. Um, that you've seen. $23 yesterday. Uh, yesterday morning was the buy on, on Pinterest. $23.98 is where it's trading. So you've had quite this run-up um, in, in the social media stocks. I think Google is your best bet because Google, you don't see that run-up. And, and, and make no mistake about it, Google is an advertising company. Pinterest is an advertising company. Uh, Snap is an advertising company. So I see those run-ups in those other stocks. Now, mind you, their PE is significantly below Google. Um, let's look at Snap's PE. Snap's not even making money. I don't think Pins is making any money either. Um, we'll look at Pinterest. Yeah, they're not. Well, the forward PE is 64. So they are making money. It's just super high valuation. So Google, in my mind, is, is the buy there. Um, and... and Personally, if you have Google in your portfolio, just buy it. Just buy it. Um, DRV was one that I was just looking at. And I'm kind of just going down my notes. I got to stop at 9 o'clock. But uh, DRV, you see that button hook? If you're in DRV, get out. You see that button hook. You see the, the buy on SPY. You see things moving in a different direction. DRV is a triple levered short. You, if you got in anywhere between 35 and 40, uh, where I was suggesting, Get out. You've got your, you've got your gain. Don't, don't, don't ride it back down to 35. Again, it's a triple levered. So I, I, it's very clear that button hook is coming down. Um, so I do think that we're going up. <clears throat> we're going to trade in this range. So I'd get out of DRV. Uh, let me look at Pixie. Because Pixie is going nuts today. And I know there's going to be some. Uh, they're not making money. Uh, on record volume after plan to spin off Shift Pixie Labs. Go to FinViz and type in uh, P-I-X-Y, Shift Pixie, to spin off its uh, labs and dividend its digital securities to shareholders. It, it, it's gone crazy. Um, let's look at uh, Active Trader Pro real quick. I will show you. Pixie. <clears throat> so it was on the, uh, it's been halted several times failed to meet NASDAQ requirements. This one yesterday went from 11 to 30. Um, 
during the day it was there was rumors about something happening and then all of a sudden in the after hours it was it was announced and it went all the way up to 30. Uh, it is at 33 right now. It's gone all the way up to 35. Yesterday's trading range was 19 to 31. I don't want you to buy this one. It's crazy with that run up. If you can buy puts, 24% of this company is short. It might be in a short squeeze. It might be based on that news. Who knows exactly what it is, but I, I wouldn't touch it per se. Um, but uh, I saw it and I, I figured I'd bring it up for all of my uh, day trader listeners and viewers. Um, Joe Terranova said One Oak is a natural gas play, and that's the one in energy that he would play. Uh, I noticed this one because um, of the charting. Now, when you look at One Oak, again, they're making money. Their PE is 17, their forward PE is 13. Um, when I looked at the, the it's, it's engages in process storage and transportation of natural gas in the U.S. It operates natural gas gathering and processing natural gas liquids and natural gas pipeline segments. Um, again, read the, the description on Finviz. It is all natural gas. And when I looked at this chart, I saw, uh, along with a lot of the energy and natural gas, this one kind of hit a shelf here at 60. And it's up at 61 right now. Uh, but there's a significant volume shelf and some gaps up here at around 64, 65. Um, I don't think the energy trade is over. You're seeing this MACD. If you're looking at my screen right now on, uh, on YouTube, there's a MACD cross up here. Let me expand this so you can see. It's coming. As long as this continues up with that gap up there and that cross up, I think you have a bullish signal. Uh, and if we look at the 52-week range, it's between 51 and 75. You're 18% off your 52-week high. You're 18% off your 52-week low. So I think, again, could you time this and maybe get this at about 61 and ride it to about 66, 67? Um, that is up in this neighborhood. See that gap back here that was made in June? Uh, I'm sorry, May. It was made in April. April. Uh, right here between 67 and 69. I think that may be in the cards here because you've already covered this gap at 63 uh, right there. Um, the, the, the question is going to be, again, this is a shoulder that's ahead. Are we going to create another shoulder here going down? So how far this one goes up, I don't know. But see that pattern right there? Think about a head and shoulders if you draw it. That's almost a perfect head and shoulder, which might mean that we're going down in this respect. And, and remember, energy wants to be brought down. If the Fed continues to raise, if the Fed continues to think, hey, we need to push this into a recession, um, they very well may uh, push us and say, um, you know, uh, energy is going to go down because demand is going to go down. So Joe Terranova, OKE, I like it. It's a chancy one because we haven't seen the MACD cross up, but uh, if you're confident in that one, look at it. Nike at 120. Um, NKE is the symbol. This is a uh, mainstay. It had a cross up yesterday at 107. Uh, again, you see these clear head and shoulder patterns that are forming in a lot of these stocks. Um, this one has had a head. It's had that shoulder. So this is the shoulder. 
This is the head. That's the shoulder. Maybe we're kind of moving towards the way up here. And their earnings are coming up on September 29th. So there is a catalyst here. China has been hard um, uh, shut down. So Nike may have exposure to China. It may have exposure to Europe. It may have exposure to the weak dollar. Um, I'm sorry, the strong dollar. So uh, you may have an issue. Uh, again, Google is cheap. I'm reading my notes. Caesars, CZR. Uh, anybody that watched the game last night, um, did you bet? Because if you bet, Caesars may be a good play here because look at this. You've got it beaten down here. Now, the RSI has picked up to 57. You had a cross up here at 43 um, two days ago, September 7th. 43.61 was the cross up. You're at 46. So you've got 5% of your, your gain, close to 5%. Um, that's been a move. Again, we look for 10% on ones that we trade. The last percentage uh, gain on this one went from 39. You sold out at 15. You probably could have gotten 30% on this one because that move right there is, is rather large from 52 down to 44. Um, and if you would have sold up here, you would have had a significant gain. So you don't have any gaps necessarily that need to be filled that I can see. Uh, the gaps have been filled. There's one here at 40, which I think it was filled on this one, but um, I don't see any gaps that, that necessarily need to be filled. This is a downward moving stock, so it does have exposure to China. Uh, any China news that comes out on gambling, Caesars is going to go down, doesn't matter. Uh, Docu is soaring in pre-market. They basically, they may have found a floor. If you've been following DocuSign, DocuSign, great, great product. Uh, the company, eh, it's been, you know, it, let's look at the valuation. And that's where you're, you're going to see. Um, it doesn't make money. Their forward PE is 30, and that's why you're seeing it down here. A forward PE of a company that doesn't make money at 30 is still uh, significantly hard for this, this market to, to, to justify. DocuSign was a... Um, a pandemic winner and it went let's say uh 52 week high was 294 dollars you're only eight percent off your 52 week low which was 53 you are uh 80 percent off your 52 week high it is 61 percent down year to date i believe in this company long term the product is just too good um for anybody but there are competitors out there that are cheaper so they've basically developed a product kind of like Zoom. Zoom was known as a verb in the pandemic, but they haven't built their business up. Microsoft came in with Microsoft Teams, and if you pay for a Microsoft um, operating system license, you get Teams for free. So why pay extra for Zoom? Is it that much better, a video conferencing software, uh, to, to be able to see people, to be able to put filters on? Microsoft is just fine if you're getting it for free. But Docu did have yesterday a cross up here at 54. Um, it's trading right now at 57. Let me look at Active Trader Pro just to see. Um, uh, yesterday's trading, you'll see the earnings just pop. Yeah, uh, right at the earnings right there. Uh, that was where you saw the pop. And this is a five minute chart. You're down up at 56. So yesterday it closed at 57. So you're at 66. Um, that's going to gap up. And, and when you see a gap here, the gap needs to be filled. 
This one might go to 70 to fill this gap. It very well may go to 86 based on these earnings. The earnings were that good. It may go to 86 and cover that gap. Um, do I expect it up here at 220 to cover this gap that was created in March, January or March of this year? No. I, I would see this one would be a stretch just because of the valuation. As, as the uh, Fed raises interest rates, that valuation is going to get hit. Uh, Restoration Hardware uh, reported earnings and they raised guidance. Uh, this one also, you can clearly see that hill right there. 259 is the, the buy-in yesterday with the, the bulk up in earnings. Look at this, 566 per share back in March. June, 778 per share. And then in September, 808. It's clear these guys have managed the supply chain. It's clear these guys have managed uh, inflation. It's clear they have pricing power. Restoration of hardware, their headquarters are here in Atlanta. If you are in Atlanta, I suggest you just go. Uh, it is so cool to just walk through. And I think they're open. I know they closed during the pandemic, but I think they're open. Um, by the way, no, uh, as, as far as energy goes, and energy is up today. Um, let's look at Devon. Devin's down for some reason in the pre-market. Um, 0.3, let's look at Oxy. Oxy is up 1.49. Uh, I still have these even though the algorithm says get out. Sometimes you just, you know, um, you just keep them. Uh, Oxy, you have the ex-dividend date. I think Devin, you may have the ex-dividend date as well. They typically pay on the same. Yeah, today is the ex-dividend date. And that's, that's why you're probably seeing some pressure on some of these. Um, but uh, the Biden administration did kind of quiet, quiet, wink, wink, say they will not be additionally tapping into the oil reserves um, come November. And I don't know that I necessarily believe that because if the European sanctions go through, if Russia pulls the oil off the market, if the Iran deal doesn't come through, and if OPEC winds up just saying, you know, we don't want it at $80 per barrel. We want it at 120 and they cut back production. Maybe at that point, we start to see, uh, you know, uh, the oil start to go up again. Now, it's clear you're in an upward pattern here on Devon Energy. Let's look at the daily. Name other stocks that have this kind of chart. This is all energy. And you're using that 200-day as support level. Look at the 50-day, kind of bounce off that one. <clears throat> so... Uh, I do think oil and energy still has a quite a bit of run. Uh, the, the only reason the market's going up is because it's oversold. Remember, the Fed is going to raise rates and kill demand. Don't fight the Fed and trade the trend. The trend is still down. And don't fight the Fed. Uh, anybody watching last night the, the game uh, on the NFL? GM released a new EV. And it was announced yesterday, the Equinox. They had commercials ready to go. Uh, GM had a MACD crossover yesterday at 39.45. You're trading at 40.51. Um, they just passed their ex-dividend date, so the earnings coming up on October 25th is where you'll be. Uh, obviously, you have a uh, the the chip shortage that they've been dealing with. You have a chip glut now, so they're probably going to take a significant uh, gain. Uh, remember, they wrote down some of the losses because they had to hold inventory on the last earnings. And that was back in July. Uh, this earnings, they'll probably realize more. You can clearly see a volume level right here 
between 37 and 40. Uh, if we take this back to, let's go back to just to January, where we saw some some of these, you know, th- this kind of slow burn. We'll go back to January 14th. Um, yeah, there's the volume shelf up here is at about say $40.50. So uh, this cross up here at 39, I think you could, my only guess is that this small gap here at 44, again, that's a 10% move if you buy at 40, 40, 51. But that gap right there, the problem that you have is you are buying with the RSI at 65. Uh, If the market is in an upward spot, upward uh, state, you could continue to move up, but notice that the market has been going down. And look at this one. Ever since August 17th, the market has been going down. Um, you know, we've seen some ticks up, but this has stayed in this range. So the question is, are we going to see a breakout of GM here? The Equinox, by the way, impressive vehicle. Uh, they are advertising it starting at um, below 30,000. Uh, it is, again, it's a nice looking car. I don't know which version is going to start at under 30,000. Um, but it's clear GM is all in on their, uh, EV, uh, Amazon and EDR, EDR, which one is EDR? EDR is Endeavor Group and they manage sports, uh, management rights and, um, Morgan Stanley just upgraded Amazon and EDR based on some of the uh, economic features. And EDR, the reason they're uh, going up is sports rights are just going up. Um, I I would be worried about this gap down here at 20. They don't have a catalyst until their next earnings, which is quite a bit out because they just announced their earnings on August 11th. Um, You can see 34 cents per share, 29 cents per share, 29 cents per share um, on your screen. Um, I, my guess is that this trading range is probably between 20 and 30. I think this, this level right here at 30. So if you buy here at 24, um, the, the buy-in was September 6th at 23.28. You've seen it move up since then. Um, I, I, I think you could get something in this. I'd rather see you in Amazon, to be perfectly honest with you. And the reason I'd rather see you in Amazon is because I think they're going to uh, greatly benefit from the NFL this season, uh, Thursday night football. Um, I think it's going to be a, a streaming win for them. You have probably another prime um, increase, membership increase coming at some point. At some point between now and the end of the year, my guess is they increase Amazon Prime. Um, they had to cut their costs. They, they had to cut some staff. You can see there's a clear gap here, right where it's selling right now at 130 to 143. That would be quite a move. <clears throat> but it just had 143. Um, did it cover that gap? Kind of covered it back on August 16th. Uh, but you can clearly see there's the shoulder, there's the head, there's the shoulder again. It's not quite perfect. But you can clearly see that there, there, there could be a head and shoulders pattern where this one could take off right there. Um, so I, I like it. Zscaler soaring on earnings. Um, let's look at them. They are cybersecurity and that CrowdStrike and uh, Palo Alto are the two that I own. 
154 is the cross up on this candle yesterday afternoon. And you are trading. Let's go to Active Trader Pro so we can see where you're trading on Zscaler. ZS is the symbol. Um, and they are, I think they're one of the largest. Palo Alto is the largest, but Zscaler is the biggest growth, I think, one. Um, <clears throat> you're at 177. So look at that. You're way up here. Um, so you're covering this head and shoulders completely. Um, let's look at Zscaler. I'm going to look at Zscaler. Uh, their PE, uh, their forward PE is 148. They're not making money. Uh, that is compared to CrowdStrike, which I believe is number two. Uh, their forward PE is 94. And Palo Alto, uh, Pan W, uh, is um, 47. So personally, I'd rather see you buy the largest one, which is Palo Alto, Pan W. Uh, at 47 forward PE, but Zscaler raised their guidance. They said they're doing well. Um, you're, you're paying for that, and it's at 148. Um, but do they have growth in them? Um, they are 58% off their 52-week high, whereas Pan W is 14% off their 52-week high. So Zscaler, you're probably paying lower uh, for the ability to just move higher. And that's, that's essentially what it is. Um, so crypto FTX buys into Skybridge. Uh, Anthony Scaramucci and Sam Bankman-Fried were on uh, CNBC this morning. Um, it, it was clear Scaramucci was with his tail between his legs. He needed money. Uh, there were people pulling out. So Sam Bankman-Fried again saves another crypto. Uh, FTX is going to be enormous. Now, with this one, uh, I wouldn't put you into Bitcoin. I wouldn't put you into any of that stuff. I think Mara is your play. And we had the MACD cross up here at 1122. You're at 1325. We talked about this cross up here at 1122 um, on September 7th. And I'm, I've been bringing this one up. It just looked like it was going to hit a bottom. The, 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 um, Let's bring this back. The volume, clearly, clearly a volume level here. Now, the volume kind of shelf, it's got this gap here between 15 and 14. <clears throat> I think Mara is going to open up higher. Let's look at it in Active Trader Pro. Uh, Mara. Yeah, it's at 1460. So if you're opening up at 1460, you are covering. You'll probably cover this gap today between 1442 and 1524. I think you'll hit the 1524. I think you'll cover that gap today. Um, do you have a significant move upward? I don't know. I mean, that RSI at 58 is pretty overbought right now. It's been kind of on a tear here. Again, September 7th, you're at 1122. Easy 10% on this one. Uh, I Listen, personally, I didn't get into this one. I should have seen it. Didn't see it. Uh, we have, oh, T-Mobile announced a huge buyback yesterday, TMUS, and I know I went over Verizon, and I'm going to go over it again because it crossed up, and I did an afternoon show yesterday. T-Mobile had a cross up yesterday at 146.12. Um, it's interesting because T-Mobile is the largest grower of cell phones, and and they're doing it with helping their business. They're keeping their margins. They're actually 
um, doing very, very well. You can see by the earnings per share here, uh, 34.57.43. That 43 is because of a 5G rollout, and they've had some uh, some pretty significant capital outlays. But this gap here between 134 and 137 would scare me. But with a buyback, when they announce a buyback, remember, buyback means if they take the shares off the market, um, it affects the PE. So your price to earnings is your share price um, earnings to, to the earnings. And if they buy back more shares, then you're getting a larger amount of percentage of the company. So whereas where a company issues more stock, you're getting quote unquote diluted. But when a company buys it back, this is how Apple has, has you know, it's been shown that Apple over the past five years has greatly increased their uh, share price by buying it back. Your earnings look better because you have fewer shares out there. Um, so your earnings per share go up <clears throat> and it affects a multiple amount of these fundamental stuff. So I wanted to look at that <clears throat> and make mention that uh, T-Mobile did have a cross up. And if you're a T-Mobile customer and you like the service and you like the price that you pay, buy the stock. And it's been clear. Let's go back to a daily on uh, TrendSpider on this one. If you have purchased the stock um, this year, it's been an unbelievable gainer for you. Uh, in January, you were trading so, uh, right around $100. You're at $145. It's a 50% move. So you've made 50% in a market that is down 30%. That is a crazy good deal. And again, if you, if you have T-Mobile service and you like it, buy the stock. Um, I think it's a little overvalued here. Let's look at T-Mobile, TMUS, uh, PE of 106. And, and again, you're paying for that. It's expensive. Uh, let's look at Verizon, uh, which is, I got to get a ad blocker on my thing. Verizon, eight. Again, look at this. Verizon has been losing subscribers. They're launching their home service, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but AT&T is even worse. Uh, AT&T is at six. So uh, T-Mobile might be a little bit too expensive, but if they start buying back stock, if they're running their business that good and they continue to show growth, that's going to be a huge one. Art from Instagram wanted me to look at Vale. V-A-L-E. This is a materials company. Um, together with its subsidiaries, produces and sells iron ore and iron ore pellets for use as raw materials and steel making in Brazil and internationally. We talk about uh, the other big iron ore company, and it's mainly here in the U.S., um, Cleveland Cliffs. So if you look at Cleveland Cliffs, uh, their description operates as a flat-rolled steel producer in North America, uh, offers carbon steel products, hot-rolled, I thought they did iron ore, um, but... Uh, the, if you if you're doing anything with steel here in this country, Cleveland Cliffs is the one, and you can clearly see on Finviz. By the way, there's no analyst coverage of Cleveland Cliffs. Um, uh, Cleveland Cliffs. The the latest article is from Zach's. Uh, Cleveland Cliffs sinks as the market grows. You can see clearly at this 17, it's hit its bottom back in July at 14. Um, it's been floundering here. My guess is that you're going to start to see it move up. But again, that's if the market goes up. But Vail is an interesting one. If we look at Vail, their PE is 2.95. Uh, forward PE is 4.27. Uh, 
They are 40% off their 52-week high of $20. They're 12% above their 52-week low of $10. It's trading at $12. Um, the analyst, the most recent downgrade comes from uh, I2BBA, uh, and their market price is $15. They were, uh, there were, was one upgrade in June from uh, Jefferies, hold to buy, and their price target went from 17 to 24. But since then, there's been two downgrades. Exane, BNP, Paribus, which is probably a Brazilian company, uh, put them down, outperformed to neutral, but didn't give a, uh, a downward uh, price. Um, the only one is that I2 BBA, uh, which put the price at $15. Now, the most recent articles is that Vail gains but lags market. Uh, Vail looks to leave nickel setbacks behind with growth plans. Um, you can read those. I don't know too much about this industry. I do know that basic materials and industry metals and mining both those industries are hurt as a recession hits because they're considered commodities and commodities will typically, just like oil, get hurt because demand goes down. But let's take a look at the chart and run the algorithm and see where we're at on this one um, for art. Huh, art, you timed it perfectly. 1234 yesterday afternoon is a buy signal. Uh, the RSI is at 40. Um, this per asset, the performance on the algorithm, you make 10% over 500 candles. So remember that's 500, or I'm sorry, 500 trading days. It's a thousand candles. So it's 500 trading days. You make 10%. If you would have just bought and held the stock, you would have made 5%. Your average win is 14%. So for that lower percentage gain, you're actually winning at 14%, but it's a low number. Uh, 31 positions, you're winning nine and you're losing 22. So you wanna make sure that you pick the right one. Um, at this 12 level, look at this. Ever since July, you've been in this trading range, probably between 10 uh, or 11 and 14. Uh, at 1234, you'd have to get to 1350 to make 10%. So that would be a run from here to here. And I do see a volume shelf up here where you might see, the problem is, and, and this is the problem with me telling you, yeah, this is gonna be a trade. See all these losses here? You wanna trade the trend. You don't wanna trade where there's a bunch of losses. See that 200 day moving down? This is a downward trending stock. Um, if we look, move to the daily, uh, do I have a 200 day in the daily? Yeah. The daily is kind of flattening out. Now, look at how different this daily chart looks versus the four-hour chart. Uh, the ex-dividend date passed. Their, their earnings are announced on October 27th. So you, you do have a catalyst coming up next month. Um, the bottom here with a volume shelf, I'm going to pull this volume here um, back to, oh, come on. My cursor's just not. Back to these highs back in July. Uh, July 2021, by the way, last year. If I pull it back there, you know what? I'm not going to pull it that far back. We're on a daily. I'm going to pull it back to the highs of April. Um, you can clearly see that it's hit this, this bottom level here. The candle before, so yesterday's candle, September 7th, I'm sorry, two days ago, September 7th was between um, the high was 1234, the low was 1172. 
That seems to be a low and a bottom. You can clearly see that this bottom here at 11, um, 1142. Uh, yeah, 1142 is that bottom. Uh, 1172 is this bottom. Uh, it, it's moving up there. I would be afraid that it might try and cover this and head down there, but you really don't have any volume down here. Um, let's pull it back. We'll pull it back here. See how that volume shelf right there at 1193? I think that would be your bottom. What I'd do is, if, if you're really into this one, Art, I would use the algorithm, and we'll run the algorithm just so you can see it on the chart. It does look like the MACD is, it's not a significant cross-up, but it is a good cross-up. Um, and you can see here, by the way, take a look at this. The MACD crossed up, uh, but the stock went down. You wound up losing. Um, on this one, the MACD crossed up uh, right there, and you wound up winning. You're right at this, see the oscillator right there at zero? You're kind of up in that territory. And the last time this one went up was right about here. You kind of got faked out with a loss on the next candle, and then you only made 4%. So I'd be a little bit careful with this one. Uh, it is in a commodity, and if we are going into a recession, if Brazil's going into a recession, you could get hurt on this one just from the overall uh, macro level. And that might be not be a good thing, but Art, I appreciate you listening. Uh, take a look on YouTube. Again, um, I don't know what timestamp we're at. Timestamp is 44 minutes on the podcast. So just go to where I started on, on the YouTube and 44 minutes in, you'll see it. Scans, um, Pepsi. I, I'm not going to go over all these scans because yesterday I did this and it's the yesterday's afternoon candle. So Pepsi 172.70. Uh, this is one that you just buy and hold. Pepsi's a great buy and hold. AMD, this is probably on, there was some chip news yesterday. Um, Intel is breaking ground today on um, their chip manufacturing in Ohio. 82.78. Clearly, you probably have a run up here. Um, you know, this is going to be a trading range between 73 and 108. I think that's the trading range. Um, do you get to fill this gap at 116, 118? Probably not on this run. Uh, I don't see it happening there. Uh, Disney. Let's look at the Disney price. I picked out which ones crossed up yesterday and I really think are good. 112. I don't mind you buying this one on a weekend at 112. Um, now, will you get to 120? This, this gap here between 127 and 131? I don't know. This gap right here between 118 and 119 is probably more likely. Uh, but Disney has their earnings coming up on November 9th. There's no catalyst between then. But there's a clear volume shelf here at about 110. So downside, I don't think there's much downside. Uh, Verizon, we talked about Verizon and T-Mobile announcing uh, Verizon uh, is competing against T-Mobile, but they have hit, it looks, every time I think this one's hit a bottom, they seem to go lower, but this MACD crossed up, the RSI is down at 31. I think it's just oversold. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, oversold. And and October 6th is the ex-dividend date. It's a pretty good dividend. So you could hold on to it for that dividend. Their earnings are October 18th. I personally am a Verizon customer through Visible. If you need a cell phone, look at the tree link and, and sign up for Visible service. I've been super happy and it's $25 a month. Um, you can't You can't beat it. And remember, I work in stadiums with uh, thousands and thousands of people. 
I haven't experienced a huge downturn in data. Um, Procter and Gamble, which has been beaten down, and this one is one that I think you could play for a six, seven, eight percent gain um, because I do think that you're getting back up into those 140s. Uh, between 143 and 146, I would say, uh, you're trading at 137. But until then, you get a great, a great company. Uh, so there's your scans for today. It's a Friday. Trade the trend. Be careful. If you're going to buy on a weekend uh, on a Friday and you're going to hold it, I would buy Google. I think energy hasn't been played out. I think you can play any of those energy names. Uh, if Scott Minard is right, and we and and you think so, go look at his tweet. Go look at the do your own research. Uh, if you think that he is correct, and we have a twenty percent downturn from now to mid October, buy Uvixi. Uvixi does not make any sense on the chart, but if you think that's correct, buy Uvixi. Again, we had a spy cross up here, and it's just because it was oversold. That's the only reason right now that the market is going up. Name another factor as to why the market would be going up. The Fed is not cutting rates. They have said that. Jerome Powell came out and killed anything. He said, we are going to fight this until it's done. Um, inflation, not going down by any meaningful number. Uh, it is still elevated, which means the Fed's going to raise rate. Unemployment, the employment numbers were still good. Again, Fed's going to raise. Don't fight the Fed and trade the trend. Those are the two things. Have a great weekend. I will talk to you tomorrow. Oh, and by the way, I want to give a shout out to um, my new friend in Japan. Um, we've been talking on Instagram. Uh, she is a listener. Yumi. Yumi. Um, I wanted to just give a shout out to Yumi because uh, she brought back all my favorite memories of Japan um, where I went on Semester at Sea. And, and since she's, she's a boomer like me, if for some reason you have kids or you know kids, because I do this all the time, Semester at Sea. Semester at Sea is something that just Google Semester at Sea. Go and look at that program. If you have kids, tell them to go on this program. I guarantee they will come back and they will say they learned more on that trip than they did in four years of college. Absolutely 100% worth it. Take a loan. Do whatever you need to do. Get some, um, you know, work on the ship. Uh, get some uh, tuition assistance, like I did. Um, again, it, it's super, super popular. It is fantastic. But Yumi, thank you for bringing back all my favorite memories of Japan. Um, so, and I'm live on YouTube. I'm going to give the secret word on YouTube. So, if you guys want to know the secret word and give me a shout out, um, one of the things that I was thinking of doing is actually portfolio reviews for some of the supporters. Because if you support my, my podcast, you're, you're my favorite listener. <laughs> uh, and and at, honestly, uh, thank you for, to all the supporters. But I'm thinking of doing a portfolio review. Uh, you send me which stocks you have in your portfolio, what percentage of the portfolio they are, and, and I'll review them uh, as a supporter. Um, and I do that kind of anonymously. I don't want to make anybody known that, hey, they have a portfolio and what they're selling and buying and stuff like that. So it's completely anonymous. But if you guys like that, Give me a shout out. Okay, done with the podcast. Have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday. Uh, watch football on Sunday. Uh, I am sitting on the couch probably doing research all Sunday and just watching football. Have fun. Take care.